This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. against the Buccaneers. Oh my goodness. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Wednesday. Ton to get to today. NFL Power Rankings. We will look at Week 11 lines and the, and the line movement across the league. Some NBA as well as the season is in full swing. Now, right now, we go out to the guest line. We're joined by Samantha Praviti of the Action Network on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com. To learn more, Samantha, welcome back to the show. And we played you in there with a, a cut of Cooper Cup making a play a couple weeks ago. We won't get any plays from Cooper Cup for a while. Ankle surgery, IR, who knows when we see him back, if it's this season at all. So for the Rams, in his absence, where do they go? Because their offense isn't good anyway. He's the only guy that seems to make any plays for them. Uh, from a prop perspective, fantasy perspective, who do you expect to kind of sit in that role or maybe take those targets with Cooper Cup out? Yeah, so this is absolutely brutal for the Rams, for fantasy football. Lots of people used their number one overall pick uh, for Cooper Cup. So, I mean, it's it's an absolute mess. The whole offense, I don't want any piece of this backfield. Uh, it's just been a very crowded sort of committee all season. And then in terms of the wide receivers, in terms of someone stepping up, I just don't know that there is a name. I mean, I don't want to – I, I want to stop trying to make Allen Robinson happen. I, I've been hurt too many times by Allen Robinson. So, I mean, otherwise, it's Van Jefferson. He did catch a touchdown last week. And Ben Skoranek, seven targets last week. So, I think, like, it'll just probably be, like, a menagerie of those guys. But who knows even who's under center next week. And, uh, you know, Tyler Higby might be the only guy that I sort of trust is, like, a pass catcher. Eight catches for 73 yards last week. So, um, I would probably... If I had to roster one Ram, it would be Tyler Hegby. The rest of the guys, I don't feel good about at all. Yeah, I hear you. Um, similar uh, lines here. We've got Dallas Goddard. He's going to miss some time with a shoulder injury. Eagles at Colts this week. Who could you um, see stepping up or where would you look, you know, prop-wise, fantasy-wise on the Eagles side here? Sure. So this is a lot better situation, at least, than the Rams because – 
Goddard was not the only show in town. Uh, A.J. Brown really is the star of the show. And I think that they also have Devonta Smith. I think he is the one that will probably end up stepping up, seeing more consistent targets in this offense. So if I had to put money on anyone, it would probably be Smith there. I can't imagine that the answer is Grant Calcaterra, uh, who is their backup tight end right now. Uh, Smith is coming off of a six-catch, 39-yard game with a touchdown. So hopefully he will be a viable viable fantasy asset as sort of like a wide receiver to moving forward. Yeah. Excuse me. A note on that 39 yard effort. It was actually, it's like 53. And then that weird play at the end where he kind of ran backwards. They were trying to trick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was over. I think some of the books actually refunded some of like the props on that because that was oh, a hit. God, right? yeah, was over. What a bad beat. Like uh, that just, I, I saw a lot of people posting about it because they lost uh, their prop bets on that. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's look to the Eagles and their game this week. Now, their run defense has struggled um, pretty pretty significantly the last few weeks. And I thought on Monday it was more volume. The, the Commanders ran it 50, almost 50 times for like 3.2 a carry. It wasn't that they were getting gassed, but still a lot of yards. This week, Jonathan Taylor, uh, is this the week Jonathan Taylor? I mean, he exploded last week, but against this Eagles defense, how good is this matchup for him this weekend? This is going to be a great matchup. As you mentioned, the Eagles defense is pretty vulnerable against the run. They rank 28th in rush DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. And yes, we finally got a Jonathan Taylor game. We haven't really had one all season. 22 carries for 147 yards and a touchdown was the RB1 for fantasy. The thing is, is that he just hasn't been healthy all year and really has struggled with efficiency. His yards per carry are significantly down from previous years. So hopefully with him getting healthy and, and all that, and this is a great bounce back type situation, um, we should see a lot more Jonathan Taylor and uh, he, you know, a lot more RB1 finishes for him. It's been a rough week for me, props-wise, but the only thing keeping me afloat is over on Justin Fields rushing, and I don't know if that's going to slow down against this Falcons team. Um, what is your assessment here in this matchup? Because just like the other one we just talked about, I mean, this should be another great matchup for Justin Fields to have another big day. Absolutely. If someone is going to stop Justin Fields, I do not think it is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he is absolutely to the moon this week. Uh, Atlanta ranks fourth worst in past DVOA and has allowed the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. They've just been super permeable on the ground and through the air. And I don't, I just don't know who is stopping Justin Fields. I am so excited to see this breakout from him. I have been on the Justin Fields train for way too long and uh, getting some flack for it. So now it's finally coming true. You know, it took, it took a long time with Joe Mixon, for instance, like he was a guy that I was just on forever. And finally he's, he's good. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling vindicated now. It's just like one year too early with my Justin Fields hype. You know what? That happens. That's okay. It's better to be one year too early than one year too late and you miss it and everyone else is on it. Quite a question for you on Fields because I think you expect them to have another big week. Joe O has a 500 to 1 Offensive Player of the Year ticket on Justin Fields. And that he put in a couple weeks ago. It's moved to like 40 to 1 or 50 to 1. So he's in the mix now. But we were looking yeah. yesterday historically, players on bad teams or losing teams. They don't win Offensive Player of the Year. Do you think that should change? Because MVP, I understand, right? MVP, wins should matter. You're, you're, you're helping your team win games. I, I feel like if Fields keeps doing this, and that's not just because Joe has that ticket. Like, I, I think Fields should be in the mix for Offensive Player of the Year, even if his team goes, you know, 6-11. and 11. What, what do you think about the correlating team success to an individual award like Offensive or Defensive Player of the Year? 
Definitely. I think that that should absolutely not be as big of a factor as it is for MVP, as you mentioned. I mean, if you think about it, this Bears team without like they are one Justin Fields away from being basically a JV high school team. I, I know that's exaggerating, but you know what I mean? Is that like they don't have they haven't surrounded him or set him up for success. And what he's doing in light of all of that is so, so impressive to me. They don't have really receivers. I know they got Chase Claypool, but I mean that compared to other receiving cores it's a very light crew and then their offensive line has been a problem all year the number of hits that kid is taking it actually really scares me for his longevity so in general i just don't think that the bears are setting him up for success so obviously he's not going to have this amazing you know 12 win season or something like that until they put the weapons around him but what he's doing in light of all of that is super impressive and that should be sort of the bottom line here Tomorrow night, Packers host the Titans, and we saw the Packers, Rodgers to Christian Watson. That chemistry, it really took off. Did they turn a corner? Was that a one-off situation? Um, would you be looking at any Christian Watson props tomorrow night or anywhere else you know, you're looking props-wise for tomorrow night? I definitely think I would be looking at Christian Watson, and I don't know that this is just a flash-in-the-pan, one-off type thing, because, I, I mean, it's been difficult to trust Packers receivers. We had all these high hopes for Romeo Dobbs going into the season, and he's obviously been unremarkable now uh, out with this ankle issue. So I think Watson now really has the opportunity to claim that wide receiver two spot, which has been an issue for the Packers all season long, and potentially the wide receiver one spot. I mean, Alan Lazard is there, but he, he, he was held to just three catches last week. So I think that Watson, if he is actually developing that relationship with Aaron Rodgers, who is known to be a little bit on the prickly side with some of his newer receivers, younger guys, uh, if that's actually happening, that's great. And uh, it's really exciting for fantasy to see. So I don't know if we're going to see a hat trick of touchdowns every single week, but if he becomes this like trusted target for him, there's not a lot of guys left. I mean, like I mentioned, Romeo Dobbs is out. Randall Cobb is out. That was one of his most trusted targets. So I think that there will definitely be targets to go around and hopefully this Packers offense is turning a little bit of a corner. Samantha, we always look each week, especially on Sunday mornings, so you could kind of find uh, the leaders for the weekend, whether it be passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, try to find the best kind of long shot on the board. Give us some names you think could have big weeks. So it'd be rushing, receiving, passing, that maybe by the end of Sunday or Monday could be at the top or near the top of the leaderboard for the week. Sure, yeah. There are a number of good uh matchups that we can exploit here. I mean, the most likely targets, for instance, for rushing, they're going to be Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, uh, Jonathan Taylor. They all have good matchups to Detroit, Green Bay, and uh, Philadelphia, respectively. So those will all be, I think, high volume games for those guys. But in terms of a long shot type guy, I mean, Josh Jacobs, at Denver, he is a very unsexy name if you think about it, just because of all like the preseason stuff. People were writing him off for dead, basically. And he had 26 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns in week four against this Broncos defense, which is a really tough defense and has three games this year with 143 yards or more on the ground. So I think that he could be an interesting sort of dark horse play as a rushing yard type guy to go over, um, receiving yards. Uh, some guys that are maybe a little off the radar would be Amon Ross St. Brown and Terry McLaurin. Uh, 
Uh, Amarase Brown facing the Giants. They ranked 23rd in past DVOA, and he's coming off of a 119-yard game. That was his second 100-yard game this year. And then Terry McLaurin facing Houston uh, that ranks 25th in past DVOA. I mean, they're slightly better against the pass than they are against the run, but that's not saying too, too much. He's also coming off of a 128-yard game, his third 100-yard game this year. And then in terms, in terms of passing yards, I mean, the likely candidates are going to be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, guys like that. One random long shot. Let's not forget about Matt Ryan and uh, and uh, the the Colts. I, I think that they are maybe got a little bit of life injected in them with Jeff Saturday in the picture. Um, I know he is going up against the Eagles, but he is averaging 279 yard uh, passing yards per game. That is sixth most in the NFL. They do have to throw the ball a lot. He was leading the, the league, I think, in passing attempts and completions before he was benched. So it's just a really high volume offense that he would be kind of my dark horse shot for uh, passing yards. Yes, the Matt Ryan resurgence. All these older guys kind of turning a corner now. I love to see it. Um, let's talk about a rookie. I'm always nervous to bet on rookies because one week they could have five yards and the next 80 and you just don't know. For example, Isaiah Pacheco with the Chiefs. What is your assessment of him? Chiefs at Chargers this week. Um, the Chargers ranked 29th in defensive rush DVOA. Um, would Pacheco be worth a look at his rushing um, prop coming off that 16 carry 82 yard performance last week? I definitely would be looking at the over on that prop. I think that the Clyde Edwards E layer experiment may be over at this point. I mean, he was held to just four snaps in that entire game and laid a goose egg for fantasy. And it's, it, it, I mean, it's disappointing. He started out the season so strong and now it's just, it's become this sort of murky backfield. The Chiefs talked about using Pacheco as the starter a couple weeks ago, and that didn't really happen, but we did see him carry the lion's share of the work on the ground last week. So I am very encouraged uh, to, to see what you know happens this week in this very soft matchup against the Chargers run defense, as you mentioned. All right, sounds like we're buying on Pacheco. Is there anyone that we think we should sell on? I mean, we're kind of at that time of the fantasy season where maybe some leagues have trade deadlines, right? We're kind of towards that that almost the end of the season. Is there anyone out there that's had a good year so far that you might either sell high on, trade away, or maybe look to have someone else ready because you think the fall might be coming? Who stands out when I say that? Yeah, I, I would think that Kadarius Tony hasn't had like a, a super great year, but I would obviously he just had a good game last week. And right. I, I think if there's someone that happens to believe in him, I would probably sell him away. I'm not sure that he can string together two healthy games. So uh, he's just one of those names that's just been around because he was drafted in the first round last year, which I actually thought was a mistake for the Giants. So uh, if someone happens to want to buy him in like a deeper league or a dynasty league, I'm not in on him. Najee Harris, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily a sell high, but he did have a decent week last week, RB22. I was fading him going into the week. I know that the Steelers don't really love the way he's been rushing this year. I mean, he went from, uh, he has a 3.3 yards per carry to Jalen Warren's 5.3. So he's been very ineffective on the ground. And I think that they want to get Jalen Warren mixed in a lot more. So I think that Najee Harris, if you can get rid of him just because he had a decent game, I might be trying to sell him there. And then Christian Watson, I know I just talked about Christian Watson. I will say, though, it, it's like it is a little bit chasing touchdowns. And 
I think that it's it's difficult to trust any Packers receiver not named Devontae Adams at this point. Like I know that Devontae Adams is no longer there, and now there's basically no trustworthy pass catchers on this team. So uh, if 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 it happens to be that you got Christian Watson with you know the number overall number one overall waiver claim, it's possible that you could flip him for something that would be at least a little bit more reliable down the stretch. Yeah, as someone who has a Najee Harris in a couple leagues, I'm with you. He, I, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm ready to move on from Najee <laughs> Harris. Probably stuck with them for the rest of the season. Samantha, always appreciate you hopping on. Samantha Bravitti of the Action Network on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. A ton more to do on the show off the board next. We'll tell you about what we have going on as a show next week. And NFL Power Rankings in about 20 minutes. We still have Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, and some order top three. But who's next across the NFL? Both myself and Aaron will hit those coming up. Joe G, Aaron Hawks for BeckQL Daily right here on the BeckQL Network.